You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Well, here you go. Gorgeous Saturday morning, by the way. Very nice outside, just outside, walking the dogs. And, and now away we go for three full hours of in-depth, big-time sports talk. Um, what are we going to do today? You ask. And I'm glad you asked because I have answers, baby. Uh, 10.30, little segment we like to call Stump Rothenberg, as we always do. At 9.15, we'll bring in Ty and see how he's doing. And then uh, bring in Jake to maybe break up the um, the battle royale between Ty and I. Um, 11 o'clock, R.J. Bell will join. We'll go around the NFL. I don't know when, if it's going to be with R.J. or prior to R.J., but at some point, we're going to do a football frenzy as well. So we, I mean, we have a lot to get into today. Um, of course, the NFL, the Giants, the Jets, Troy Aikman making a statement yesterday, the Giants aren't in the same class with Dallas. And listen, we'll get to that in a few minutes, but my, my initial thought is that I don't think they are. I think there's a lot of teams the Giants aren't in the same class as. It's, I don't think it's, it's, you know, oh, my God, what, what kind of a statement is this? And now everyone and Don is discussing yesterday, and how could you say something like that and then lead the broadcast with that? And, you know, it's the, the back page. I think it was the Daily News, the back page. Are, are they? Are the Giants in the, in the same class as, as two-thirds of the teams in the NFL? It's not like the Cowboys are the one team the Giants aren't in the same class as. The Giants aren't in the same class as, as you know, more than half the teams in the league. Giants are a lousy football team. Now, that changed a little bit last week, but remember, with seven minutes to go, they were down 21-10, and they had a great finish to the game, and it's a great win, and you should have celebrated it and be excited with what they did. But let's not lose sight of the fact that they trailed 21-10, they're 0-3 going into those final seven minutes of the game, and they pulled out a victory, and it's great. And you should be pleased. But let's not start saying we're in the same class as some of the better teams in the NFL. And that, sadly enough, looks like the Cowboys are one of those teams. Now, do I think the Giants can compete? Of course they can compete. This is not a great Cowboys team, but they're good. And I think they're the class of the NFC East right now. I would say the same thing about Philadelphia. Philadelphia is not in the same, same class as Dallas. I don't think Washington is either. Philly went down to Dallas. They got hammered by them. So don't get so offended. Everyone's, oh, how could you say something like that? How could the Giants aren't in the same class? They're probably not. Dallas is pretty good. Giants are not pretty good. Then you're not in the same class. The Jets, you know what the amazing thing is? And this is never discussed. Like, my focus as a Giants fan, we're going to start with baseball in a minute also, by the way. 800-919-3776. My, one of my focuses, I can't say my primary focus, but it might turn into that. But one of my focuses surrounding the Giants is the Bears. I want to see the Bears fall apart, have a top five pick, and that goes to the Giants. Well, you know what? Very quietly, you know, the Jets have the Seahawks top pick this coming year. Do you see what's just happened with the Seahawks? Firstly, they're two and three. Secondly, Russell Wilson's now for the next six to eight weeks. What happens if it falls apart? What happens if Geno Smith goes, I don't know, two and two and four, and Russell comes back and they're, they're like four and seven? Or four and eight. I mean, that's a team that probably doesn't make the playoffs. Now you're looking at it's maybe a top 15 pick there. So we could have, in theory, four. I mean, you talk about being excited for the draft. You could, in theory, have four top 15 picks in the NFL draft between the Giants and the Jets. I will, we'll, be, we'll be going a wall-to-wall draft in January, right? We'll, we'll have Matt Miller. We'll have Mel Kuyper. We'll have Todd McShay. We'll have all these guys on starting like January 3rd. 
Booked him for a weekly. I'd start it now. The New York football is so bad. All right, so so that's kind of the, the local football feel at the moment. We will deeply get back into that uh, in a little bit. But I, I was on last Saturday, of course, and the Yankees were – it was pathetic, honestly. What would they? And I know that you won on Sunday and you won on the walk-off and Aaron Judge and it's all exciting. What they did last weekend was pathetic against a team that needed nothing that only wanted to just keep you from the postseason. You needed to win one game at home against a team that's good but didn't need it, and you barely got that done. So Friday, lost. Saturday, hammered. was embarrassing. Sunday, a win. You score one run. You barely get that. You win. You're in. Now, if you'd won two games, that game against the Red Sox would have been home. You couldn't. You didn't. You win one of three, and now you go to Fenway. And what you saw on Tuesday night was really nothing short of an embarrassment. You I mean, Remember now, this was the favorite at the start of the season to go to the World Series from the American League. The favorite. Like, of all the teams in there, this was the one that Vegas, that every expert thought, clearly has the best chance. Here's what happened now. We completely misjudge what the Yankees are. The Yankees are, are they're a, a better than average baseball team. They're, they're a good team is what they are. But are they in that elite class? No. No, they're not. Stop what the Yankees are of the ilk of Tampa. Stop what the Yankees are in the ilk of Houston. They're not. Houston is better. Tampa is considerably better. The Dodgers are way better. The Giants are way better. I mean, Boston who was rebuilding, who had one of the worst seasons in the league last year, comes out and wins the same amount of games as you, and then they beat in the wild card. And then I watched Tampa in game one, which was what, which was Thursday of this week, right? And I'm watching them. I'm like, it's not even like watching the same sport. Tampa and a Rosarena and the way they play and the Yankees and just there, you know, station to station, and then we, we pray for the home run. It's, they are, it feels like they're archaic. They're so unathletic compared to the other teams. They have almost no speed on the bases. And I got to be honest, listen, they're good, right? There's no doubt the Yankees are a good baseball team. But are they great? No. Are they going to win a World Series the way they're currently constituted? No, they're not. So honestly, I don't know how you look at the Yankees and say to yourself, oh, we're going to turn it around next year. I don't. Unless there's going to be major moves in the offseason. I imagine you're going to add a new shortstop. So whether it's Seager or whether it's Correa or whether it's Story or whatever direction you go in, I imagine you're going to add a shortstop. So who is your second baseman going to be? LeMahieu? Is it going to be Torres? Do you hold on to Urshela? I think the, the luster is off of Gio Urshela, right? Gio Urshela is a guy. You wonder why, why you know, he's been just a, a journeyman baseball player. And listen, he was good for the Yankees. And he's not a bad player. But he's, he's, just, he's a guy. He's not great. There's nothing special about Gio Urshela. So are you going to go Torres at, at second and LeMahieu at third? And this new shortstop that you bring in? Are you bringing back Rizzo? Does he want to come back? Because the Yankees fan, I think, right now looks at it and says, oh, Rizzo is back with our team. That, that's our guy. Well, I don't know that that's the case. Am I, am I going to potentially ride with Luke Voigt? 
See, what happened is, and I don't think Cashman is bad. You can't sit there and tell me Cashman is a bad GM, right? If you like what he's done or not, that's one thing. But he's not a bad GM. But he missed not one, but in my mind, my estimation, two golden opportunities to trade guys at, at, at a high point. And that is Luke Voigt and Miguel Andujar. And he didn't with either, right? And now Voigt is here, and you're like, all right. He's, I mean, he's fine. He's got power, certainly. He's not a good defensive first baseman. What do I do with this guy? And, and Duhar's not even part of the mix now. Well, what, what's going to happen with him? If Frazier, I think the ship has sailed on that. I, there's no way that you can't lock into a long-term deal with Aaron Judge. There's, there's just no way. He's your best player. He's the face of the franchise. And, and I know that people say, well, you did with Robinson Cano. You, you, there's no way that the Yankees fan base would, would sign off on, yeah, all right, you know what, Aaron Judge, let's move on from you. You, you. you just can't do it. So Stanton, I think, we've gotten to the point where that's no longer a concern. And if he can play the outfield, you know, three days a week, it opens things up a lot. But there's questions and there's concerns about this team. What am I doing at catcher? I mean, Higashioka, there's no way he can be my everyday catcher. And then Sanchez, has that experiment failed yet at this point? Right? Aaron Hicks. Am I going to go into next season? And he's he, he, Hicks. I can't do it again, can I? I mean, what, you know, you make a mistake. Shame on you. You make the same mistake. Shame on me. There's no way you can go into, into next year with Brett Gardner and Aaron Hicks as your center fielders, right? And then when Hicks goes down for the season, then it's Gardner again. You're like, oh, I don't think this is going to work out. I, I think Cashman is good. And I think if, and I don't think they will, but if the Yankees decide we're going to move on from Brian Cashman, there is no way that he's available for more than a day. Somebody scoops him up. He's a good baseball mind. He's been good for the last 20 years with the Yankees. But they're not great. There's nothing about this is that is great. Right? He took a flyer on Kluber. He was okay. Thank God for, for Nestor Cortez. Thank God for some of the guys in the bullpen that found their way to being good this year as the year Moved on. Do you move on from Chapman? Trade him? Give the Wisek of the reins? I don't know. But all I know is as we sit here, and I, and I watched playoff baseball last night, I watched the Giants, and oh, what a, what a pitching performance from Webb, huh? Oh, man, oh, my God, was that good. If you look at how good that performance was that he gave you last night, that, and, I, and this is not hyperbole, that is one of the great all-time performances in postseason play. You say, come on. You a you, you, you little, little dramatic? No. That, that was one of the great all-time performances in postseason play from a starting pitcher. And, and if you don't know, you went, you went to bed early. You're like, give, give me the numbers. What, what did he do, Dave? I'm, I'm going to pull them up as we speak. All right, so the Giants win that 4 nothing. And you talk about a team that gets a lot out of what they have. I, for the life of me, I do not understand how the San Francisco Giants won 107 games and sit here having beaten the Dodgers 4-0 in game one. I, it, will, it will never make sense to me. All right, but Logan Webb, seven and two-thirds, five hits, no runs, no walks, and 10 Ks. Now, Jeff Passan threw a tweet out there for some historical context here. What Logan Webb did last night for the Giants was awfully rare and awfully special. In postseason history, only 30 times, 30 times in the history of baseball has a pitcher gone seven and two-thirds or more, allowed five or fewer hits, 
no runs, and struck out at least 10. You want to hear some of the names? Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Mike Scott, Jim Palmer, Bob Gibson, Sandy Koufax. The elite of the elite is what you saw last night from Logan Webb. But it gets me back to my original point. Did the Yankees have one guy on this team? One guy. Maybe Nestor Cortez. They looked at and you said, you know what? He's fine. And at the end of the season, you're like, that guy had a year. Does that exist? An everyday player. One of them that you look at and you say, you know what? He's okay. I like him. He's not a bad player. He's a pretty good player. But by the end of the year, you looked at him and said, that is a player that I couldn't move forward without. Do they have that? No. And this isn't going to continue to happen. You know, this idea, and there was a soundbite this past week where Aaron Boone says, you know, the rest of the league is gaining on what we are. No, gaining on what you are. The rest of the league is, is you're, 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 you're falling further behind what they are is what's happening. They're not gaining on what you are. You're falling further behind. The Rays extend how much better they are than you. All of a sudden, Toronto is right there with you. Houston is better than you. The Dodgers are better than you. The Giants are better than you. These teams are getting better than you are. So to make a statement of they're gaining on us, no. You haven't been to the World Series since 2009. This is now 2021. All right? Now, I'm not saying that the Yankees fan doesn't have things work out well often. But to make a statement of they're gaining on us, no. You're falling further behind them. So we start with the Yankees. We'll take a break. We'll get into the Jets. We'll get into the Giants. Here's a fair question for you that we'll get into a little bit. Do you expect the Jets to win tomorrow? Because I think I kind of do. And you should. Like, this is one of those games that if you're the Jets and you go out there and you lose this, I think you're disappointed. Because you, you go up against a team that's not very good, and now they don't have clearly their best offensive weapon, and now they don't have a second receiver. Yeah, you know what? Go out there and figure it out and win this game. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. A lot to unpack today. We've started with the Yankees, and baseball postseason rolls along. Um, every series is underway. The American League is two games, and the Astros up 2 nothing on Chicago. 1-1. I thought the Rays were going to destroy Boston. I give Boston a lot of credit. A lot of credit. Because they got destroyed in game one, 5 nothing. The Rays are ridiculous, by the way. It's just like, we'll roll out rookie pitcher after rookie pitcher. So McClanahan, really good in game one. Last night... Uh, Boz takes the mound, and they fall behind 2-0. Then in the bottom of the first, Tampa Bay puts up a five spot. Jordan Luplo hits a grand slam. You talk about pressing the right button. So Luplo hits a grand slam. It's 5-2, and you think to yourself, all right, that, that's it. Now they're not going to come back. And then the Red Sox panned out like 20 hits. They put up 14 runs, and they win this game. And now the series 1-1, going back to Boston uh, tomorrow at 4 o'clock, which is so weird because – for me, as excited as I am for that series, and it's, it's an entertaining series, I, I give it very little airtime tomorrow for me. Like, tomorrow for me is football. So I'll, I'll check it, 
but it it's it pales in comparison to what we have tomorrow. Giants, Cowboys, all in. So this is the part of the show, uh, and I think I think there's a differing viewpoint on Ty. I think there are those that hear Ty that just they think he's really good and they really like him and they find him enjoyable, and then there are those that are really turned off and think he's rude and think he's obnoxious and think that he's a little you know I don't know uh, over the top. So I like him. I bring him on now. I say good morning to one of my you, good friends, Ty Butler. You're making this up. There, there no. is no segment of the population that, that feels th- that way. No, no, there as is. As far as what you outlined with the left. No, 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 no there really not. is. No, there's not. I'm not You're exaggerating. There, uh, there absolutely yes, you are. is. Like, it's, no, it's, it's not true. But um, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Uh, it, it's a tough open to listen to as we write the obituary for the – 2021 New York Yankees, far too soon, gone way too soon. You, you say gone way too soon, but are they really with what I mean with the life they live this year? <laughs> are they really gone way too soon? <laughs> Do we say that like what after someone passes away well, with the life they live? Well, huh? you know what this is. This know. is not. This, I mean, they lived a full life. Like, is this a surprise? It's not. A it's surprise. like the doctor walked in eight months ago and said, "You know what." It's about this is a seventy nine year old person, and has about eight months to go. And in eight months, are you surprised when they go? When yeah. the doctor has prepared? No, but you know what? But I knew same, this was going to happen. That same doctor nine months ago said you were fully healthy, everything looks good, vitals are great. You look like you can you know keep this thing going for another thirty years. And I actually thought that Tuesday night. Was a was the perfect microcosm of the season because Stanton hits not one but two shots that almost went out the park, and then when he finally connects on one, the the, the game's already over. It's, and and the, the worst hit of the three was the home run. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, the, the two the two you know in any other park they're still they're still traveling, and the one that leaves the park. Is not hit nearly as well, but the I mean, come on, that was you can't a be surprised by this. I'm not and then su- I watch a Rosarena, and the guy's a oh menace on the bases. He's, he's stealing home. He's taking extra bases, and the Yankees. It's like they don't play the same game as Tampa. Yeah, I watched that game. What was that on Thursday? Thursday, and I, I, the first inning, I'm watching the race, and I'm saying the Yankees aren't even close to this team. No, like can they even catch? Like, is it going to only take one off season to catch them? The Rays no. could very well win the no. title this year. They're L- not even just, playing the same sport. Let me just, and you, you make sure you you save this audio and you give it to me or RJ or whoever it is for the morning show when we get to April. There is nothing that can happen this off season that will make the Yankees. Better than the race. I can't. I can't even nothing. disagree with that. I can't even disagree. I've got my third base coach, uh, God help him, you know, running us out 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 of innings. That could have been a potential. Do you think that any of the rationale behind that? Because when you look at the lineup, the Yankees lineup was repulsive. That was not a playoff caliber lineup. Do you think there was any rationale in his mind as that's happening? With if I don't send him home, I have Gallo on deck. And there's a better than good chance he's not going to get the guy in. I might as well send him. Now imagine being the guy 
thinking that about Gallo, who, by the way, is batting cleanup. Yeah. I've got no faith. But is it, but is that a crazy batting thought? Batting cleanup. Is that a crazy thought? To get a sa- I, I, the, I was listening to the K-Show yesterday, and I, I, Michael, uh, I hope I'm quoting him correctly, said Gallo in his career has three sack flies, like in his, in his entire career. That, that is an insane statistic. How, that well, can't be right. That, I, I think I heard that correctly. How how could that how could that He's possibly three be? Three sack flies in his in his career. It's amazing that if you're the third base coach, you feel like we are. It's first and third. One out. Our cleanup hitter is uh, is batting. We are drawing dead. If I don't send this, I don't but, send. Judge but do home. you think that that me asking that question is is like a, a wild question to ask? It's, out of line. It's fair. It I, is fair. Also, the other day saw um he the quote he I guess he told USA Today Sports. I made a play to win the game, and it didn't work out. You're you're trying to win the game as the third base third base coach down two runs in the fifth inning. You're trying to win the game there. Ah, the momentum completely changed there. That if there was one play in that game that everything changed on a dime, that was the play. I felt great. I remember watching. Well, because you got a Valdi out, and when they came and they took a Valdi out, it you made must no be like, sense. you got to be kidding me. Yeah, it made no sense for them to do that. Uh, I threw my chair down because that shot from Stan, I thought it I, You I threw a chair down. Oh, you got emotional. <laughs> I got really emotional because I was so frustrated. I was so Were upset. you sitting in the chair and then was, stood up and threw yes, it down? How is, did that work? I, I was sitting in the chair. I stood up and like so you thought my that hands was gone. behind me. I thought it was gone. So you went from... Gone, tie game, battle of the pens. I love my chances to we just blew a golden opportunity. All within like ten seconds. In the blink of an eye. It was almost like that game winning field goal of the Washington football team. You kick it, you think you're winning uh, because you missed it, and then the penalty is called, and then like in the span of ten seconds, you lose the game. That's That's how I felt. That's That's how I felt. But I got a tweet from John Isola. Says I totally agree with you about Butler and half the population. Oh, that's not nice. I'm telling you. Listen, I like you. That's but not... there are a lot of people that do not care for you. All right. Can we get back to more important things? Yeah, of course. Uh, for those people p- keeping score at home, um, as we eulogize the Yankees, the Kansas City Royals and Washington Nationals have won titles more recently than the Yankees. That That's not good. And the Knicks this year had more playoff wins than the Yankees. Uh, but stop also the, not the, good. The ridiculous comments. What do you mean? Silly. How is that ridiculous? No, but I, I but I will say because the Knicks have won playoff games. Stop it! The Knicks are, are best. Of, if the they Yankees won more the playoff of, games, if the Yankees are in the best of seven. They wouldn't want a playoff game. They won more playoff games than than the Yankees this year, and that pains me because this is the the one team like the Giants stink, the Jets stink, the Rangers are coming out of this rebuild. The Islanders are pretty good. No, they're very good. Uh, the Nets, I mean, their third best player, no, but nobody cares. Can't figure like, like science the, the out. Nets are, the Nets are great. But uh, there's not a lot of Nets fans. Yeah, and the Knicks are still up and like the Yankees. That's the one team we're looking toward, like as far as you know, success. But you're like, a Lakers fan. We're uh, in the city. I mean, but you're this a is Lakers. The, this fan. is the so at city. Least you, at least that ends abruptly, and you look towards the Lakers, who are right there to win. But it a doesn't work like that for me, man. Like it takes time. Like I'm still crushed. I'm. Are I, you? I'm heartbroken. So hearing me discuss it this morning, although you would agree, I've said nothing that you you no. you don't completely agree yes, with. I agree with everything. Like, you said everything I've said, you. You're but fair. listening to me rehash it and go over it still has a, a real difficult effect on yeah, you. Yeah, it's a painful. That's a game you'd rather lose ten nothing. Like the way they lost it. I mean, Garrett Cole retired the first two hitters pretty easily. Then he walks Devers walk, on one and two. Pitch. And now you're playing from behind. And Evaldi pitched well. And then you had the moment. You had that one moment. 
because once you're down four one again, you know, down three yeah. runs again, you're like, oh, we're not gonna come back in this game. You've got Garrett Cole, who you paid three hundred and twenty-four million dollars. He can't get out of the third inning. You know, Gary that was awful too. Awful. Yeah, that's I have no excuse for that. And and I heard a lot of well. You know what? Offensively, they didn't do anything. No, I understand that, and that's accurate. You set you, the tone, though, with, but, with your ace. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is an ace. Go out there. And listen, Scherzer didn't have his best stuff the other night against the Cardinals, but he battled. Battled. He, kept he, he gave you game. five and a third of one run ball. Where was that from Cole the other night? What does it tell the rest of your team? Like, this is the guy we depend. This is what we, we signed him for. He can't get out the third inning. By the way, and this is not like a, a huge deal. This is not the reasoning law, so it's probably not even top five. But the fact that Gary Sanchez in the biggest games of the Yankees season this year and last year is unplayable because he's Garrett unplayable. Cole but needs but it. if you needs recall, a... if you, do you remember how many plays Higashioka made? You're like, oh, that was a nice play. Oh, that's yeah, a nice. Like there course. was, there must have been five balls in the dirt that Higashioka was able to keep in front of him. Sanchez, that doesn't happen. But he's an automatic out in the lineup. And Gary you're, you're right. And you look at the lineup. You played Velasquez. <laughs> you played Gardner. Right, you played a Gashioka. Automatic I mean, the outs. lineup with Gallo is hitting fourth. That yeah, was not. That out. was not a professional lineup. That was not. <laughs> I'm serious. That was not a playoff lineup. The Yankees put out there. It just wasn't. <laughs> to say that about a play, a, a doer. It's a game seven in the playoffs. Essentially. Am I wrong? No, you're right. But I'm saying it's like I, I gotta laugh to stop myself from crying. So you, you're really feeling a way about it. Yeah. I, I I log in today and I say, "Good morning, Jake. How you doing? I'm all right, Dave. Jake, you're you're also miserable still over the Yankees. <laughs> Dave, what do you think? You know, I'm a huge Yankees fan. This week has been extremely rough. But the Giants won last Sunday. <laughs> oh, great! And as Ty mentioned, the Knicks are back. Hooray! I'm oh, so excited. Yes, we have the Evan Fournier-led Knicks this year. To look You're very to. deflating this morning. It's a beautiful day outside. It's not a beautiful day. It's the it's the fall. It's an awful day. It's a crisp fall day. Let's enjoy it together. The Yankees season ended on October, what, 6th? Uh, whatever Tuesday was. Yeah, it's I supposed to end in – remember Mr. November was a thing? You know what that how that became a thing? Because the Yankees were playing November baseball. Yeah, they sure were. But now they're not. And 800 917 playoff series wins in the last four years. Not good enough. I'm sorry. Uh, Henny, Henny God – tweets me yep k said three in his career two with the yankees this year that how is that possible so you're you're telling me that coming into his yankee stint joey gallo had one sack fly <laughs> is that that really how how is that physically possible so Lindsay adler tweeted the guy's on, been in the league for like a decade of, of the athletic tweeted on september 12th that was joey gallo's second career sack fly it was his 2337th plate appearance of his mlb career so that's that obviously you know Kay says it on on radios you know it's correct but it's just listening to it you have to question the, the guy came up in 2015 <laughs> like how is it possible? maybe there's not a lot of guys on third when he comes up St- ever <laughs> I mean, does he has does he never come up with a guy on third and or, one out ever? Or he just gets hits. Like he, no, you know, he I don't know about that. And home runs. He, he, he came up play. in 2015. 16, he played. 17, he played 145 games. 18, he played 148. 19, he played 70. Last year, he played 57. This year, 153. He doesn't believe in sacrificing. Just Three. Get just get the hit. Three sack flies. So Phil never knew that stat. 
and decided. Uh, yeah. yeah. Judge has to score here. I gotta or be aggressive. <laughs> I really do believe that it went through his mind of I. You know what? I would prefer to send him, send him than have to deal with what Joey Gallo is up next. I do. By the way, David Jerome tweets in, nothing more annoying than hearing a jealous Mets fan dissect the Yankees' wild card loss. I'll defend you here. You haven't, you haven't been jealous at all. And, not- and I'm, not, I'm not taking enjoyment in this. I'm, I'm analyzing. If the Yankees won and were alive right now, would, would I be analyzing what they are and what they were? Of course you would. Yeah, okay, so I'm doing the same thing, and I'm not, I'm not mocking anybody. I'm not, I'm not pouring salt into the wounds of what this is. I'm sitting here simply dissecting what it is. And David Jerome and anybody else like David Jerome can't handle it because it hurts you. It does. Because it pains you. That's the truth. We're not and then he goes to on to add a, a loser Giants. By the way, can I say this? They're not the – it's not the – it says an add a loser Giant, Nick, and Ranger fan as well. It's not Giant, Nick, and Ranger. They're the Giants, <laughs> the Knicks, and the Rangers. Okay. <laughs> They're not the New York Giant. They're not the New York Nick, and they're not the New York Ranger. So if you're going to come after me, Be at least do it correct. appropriately where add a loser Giant, Nick, and Ranger fan as well. I don't even know what teams you're talking about. <laughs> Those are not organizations. They are not the New York Giant. They are not the New York Nick, and they are not the New York Ranger. Embarrassing by you, David Jerome. But I've done nothing Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. I know we got to get to a break. Yeah, but that seems unimportant. Your uh, gut feeling here, Aaron Boone, does he come back? Yes. Mm. Yes. And you think it's the right move? What's my alternative? Am I? Are you going to give me another, another guy that's very rah-rah and comes back and doesn't really make the decisions, or are you going to give me Buck Showalter? You're going to get Aaron Boone 2.0. Then, then, then why? So managers really don't have much value anymore. Is well, it doesn't seem like it. If you're going to go with it with a guy that's just going to carry out what the plan is from above, then really what's the rationale? I don't know. What's Alex Cora, he looks pretty good there in Boston. But I think they give Alex Cora more leeway. I don't think Alex Cora is told exactly what so to do in every situation. So why is it that the Yankees watch the other teams they keep losing to have success, and they just decide that their method is the one that's actually going to be the one that works? And by the way, it's like you're playing checkers and the Rays are playing chess. Not what just the they, Rays, the, the they, Astros, the Red Sox. What, like, but what they do to you is laughable. It's la- what what I mean. Last weekend, and and I was on Twitter, and everyone said, "Oh, what a win! A walk off! It's the first time for Judge. I'm so excited!" I was like, "This was pathetic." It was. Friday you lost. Saturday you got demolished. Sunday it took every ounce of what you are just to squeak out a win against a team that had nothing to play for in your home park. It was embarrassing. Really. It was embarrassing last weekend. And then Tuesday was just oh repulsive. So I'm not sitting here and dancing on your grave. I'm sitting here and I'm I'm empathizing and I'm having a discussion. And if it feels like that, well, that that says something about you. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We we jump off with the Yankees. We'll get into the NFL. Ty, when are you thinking for the frenzy today? I actually liked how the uh, R.J. Bell not led frenzy but involved frenzy uh-huh. went last week. Uh, he's shown me that he's he can handle it because you know he, he he can be loquacious at times. But I thought he was pretty disciplined. So I, I think eleven fifteen we we okay. prime him up there and, and we get him going. We'll do a frenzy again. So Brett Taylor comes after us. How about you guys actually look up the stat instead of guessing? 
And see that Gallo has two career sacrifice flies and 2,401 plate appearances, according to baseball reference. Well, I didn't know. I didn't even, I didn't even know that was a possible stat. I, I, why would I look it up? Why would I just be sitting here saying, hmm, I wonder, in fact, how many sack flies Joey Gallo has. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I thought that first hour was spicy. That was good. Ty, you would agree, right? Like, we're typically, we typically do a nice job, but I think that was better than the norm. That was a good hour. Oh, it was fun. And, and it's shockingly because you got two depressed Yankee fans in here. Yeah, but I'm giving you guys an opportunity to kind of vent and, and get off your chest how pained you are and what that was like. And we've had some fun and we, we, we got into, you know, your date last week, Jake. And uh, this girl, this is serious now, huh? I mean, I definitely like her. Um, have you said, have you said, I love you? <laughs> So we actually discussed this, and I don't know if people listening think this is crazy. I think there's a big difference between saying I love you and I'm in love with you. No, that, is, a huge that is just a stupid thing to say. How is that stupid? No, I, I love French fries, but I'm not in love with <laughs> wait, French fries. Oh, wait, I love my it. dad, but I'm not in love food. with my dad. You don't think that there's a difference between those two things? D- do, you, do you love her? She's been my close friend for a year, so oh, I love her. Oh, yes, yeah. I he's love her. Love but we've her started yet. dating. So you're not in lo- you're not in love not with her. Yet. I'm not in love with her yet, so but I love her greatly. You, she says, "Jake, I love you." Well, you'll say, "Oh well, I love you as well." But for the record, I'm not in love with <laughs> no, you. So just make says, sure that you know that. No, I'm going to keep that, that on the down low. Yeah, <laughs> no one for says sure. that. That's like awkward conversation. Exactly. So do you, like you said, either so you love her or you don't love her? No, he loves her. He's just not in love yet. Like, he doesn't want to marry her. Like, he Thank you, marry Ty. Her well, no, 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 no. Ty and wife you could, get it. No, yeah. you could love her and know that at the moment you're you're not ready to marry her. That I understand. There's a but, difference between in love and, and loving someone. There is. Like, no question. You, you, you guys you are got the this millennials. Wrong. I do not understand your generation. Millennials. Yeah, really? <laughs> He's not in love with her yet. Give that some time. You're rushing this her. thing. He then does you don't love her. Don't say you love I'm her. I'm in love with the Yankees. <laughs> But they break my heart every year for the last so the, decade. So the Yankees, you can confidently say, well, he's you love the them, for and you're in love with them, right? I've been in love with them since birth, pretty much. So, okay. yes. so the Yankees, years. you know you love and you're in love with. But this woman who's lovely, you you're, you you love her, but you're not in love with her. That is correct. Not yet. So for you, there's no like graduation from I love you to I'm in love with you? No. Love is really? love. Either no. you love her or you don't love her. <laughs> <laughs> love is love, quote unquote. Dave Rothenberg, love it. No, there's a difference. I, I think you're wrong, and people like people would disagree with you. No, they would not. No, they would not. Now, if you said, "I love her," but I'm not at the point yet where I'm ready to, to marry her, that would make sense to me. I feel but like now is- we're differentiating the definition of whether you're love her, or you're in love with her. No, you know what, Dave? We absurd. have calls lined up. We don't have to be talking about my love life on air like this. I feel like this should I, become a, a poll question. I, I feel like this has to be a poll question. Is there it, a difference it, between I'm in love with you and I love you? Oh my god! So you think she goes back to her parents? She's like, guess what, mom and dad? Guess what Jake said? What did he say? He said he loves me. Well, that's wonderful. But is he in love with you? <laughs> oh. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Let me, go, let me get back to you. Jake, I know you love me, but are you also in love with me? Well, no, no, I'm not in love with you. Oh. And, and Dave, I hate to tell you this because it's going to totally stroke your ego, but I did play her some of the segments from the show last week, and she did. said you were so talented and so funny, and I oh said, no, God. no, if I tell him that, it's game over. Well, she's right. She obviously has great taste in at least talk show hosts. 
and produ- and producers. At least talk show. At hosts. least talk show hosts. And that, but is, is she in love with the talent that Dave is? That's the better question. Yeah, that's the question. No, she just loves him. See, for her, I'm sure she doesn't differentiate. All right, let's get to some of these calls. Because like you mentioned, they're all lined up. Lou in Manalapan. Lou, you're next up on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Dave. I can say that I'm in love with baseball. That's what I will say first. But a little corny joke. But um, It wasn't all that funny. Listen, but go ahead. That's fine. It wasn't that funny. I know. It wasn't that funny. But there is a difference, Dave just to help uh, Ty and Jake. But um, I wanted to get into the Yankees because I think it's hilarious watching it from the outside looking in. As a New York sports fan, we have all these teams that kid, that are struggling, um, you know, season after season. And we're so realistic when it comes to the Jets, the Giants, the Rangers, the Islanders, whoever it is. And then the Yankees play in a wild card game, a win and you're in, you know, a very um, – I mean, it's, it's, you know, as real as it's going to get. And they lose to Boston, and they lose to, to a division rival, and they, they struggled all year. And all they keep saying is, like, we'll be back next year. We'll be back next year. And that Toronto team is no joke. That Toronto team might beat them in the wild card game next year. They might make them the fourth-place Yankees. All those, all those prospects in the or, uh, Orioles organization, I wouldn't be so confident with being a New York Yankee fan right now. Well, after the you know, Lou, it's interesting you point that it's interesting you pointed out. Thanks to the phone call. And even though you had a, a an unwitty pun, I still appreciate the call and I thought it was good. Tampa's better. Boston's going to get better. And Toronto's going to get better. So right now, at best, you're the second best team in this in this division. Right? Baltimore, I'm not worried about them. They're so bad that even if they get better, they're not going to be competing. But at best, you're the second-best team in this division. You're nowhere near what Tampa is at the moment. And they're younger. And I mean, they, they, I mean, Wanda Franco was just, like, scratching the surface of what he can do. And this Boz kid is just – and McClanahan. And, I mean, these guys are, are – this is the infancy stages of these guys. So they're going to be good for a really long time. You better figure it out. You better make moves that make you considerably better moving forward. And I don't know what you do. Well, you sign Corey Seager, does it make you a lot better? I think so. But you still have the same issues. You still need starters, right? I mean, Severino, and do you just rely on, well, Severino will be back and healthy, and Herman will be back and healthy, and we'll bring Kluber back, and Tyone will be better, second year you know, with the organization. I mean, is it just you believe on blind faith? Because if you, if you go into the season next year, and it's Hicks and Gardner again, and then by July, you're angry at the center field situation. That's on you if you're Brian Cashman, if you're the Yankees organization. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. Well... We can try. You can try. I don't know that you'll have any success. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of the one and only Andrew M. Cohen. 800 919 
7-6. Ty, where are we standings-wise? 267 and 62. That sounded like you were going to just throw up all over yourself right there. Uh, you okay? I'm, I'm good. I'm you have composed. a cold? Something happened? I have more, I'm going to be honest. I have more fun talking about the Yankees losing than I'm doing right now. Why? People are calling you with bad just questions? Terrible questions. Like we, we gotta get it right, man. Like I You're take frustrated. A lot of, it's just very frustrating. Is it fair to say the questions that are on the lines oh, are good, good questions though? All no, right. These, these are good. Okay, good. So you know what? You, you you have your work cut out for you. I'm sure you've done a great job and we'll get to the good questions. The work is fine. It's just like you won't you, you get frustrated when people call themselves fans of the show. You gotta know how things work, man. Yeah, like, they should know better by this point. Better. We've been doing it for years. All right, eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Uh Ed Long Island. Ed, lead us off and, and lead us off well. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Okay, Dave, I sure hope so. Uh Greenland is the largest island in the world in terms of area. However, it is ranked only 11th in elevation. So, Dave, what is the tallest island in the world? New Guinea? Um, would be my first thought. I think Hawaii has certainly has some elevation. But I'm going to say New Guinea, I think, is, is the answer. And that is your final answer. Yeah, that is my final answer. You, my friend, are correct. That's right. <laughs> Boy, he, re he really made me sweat over that one. Is that your final answer? Yes, you, my friend. <laughs> it felt like it took eight minutes. Are <laughs> correct. That was great, man. Good job. You know, it was very, it was rapid. Yeah, it was quick. Very quick. All right, let's go to uh, Luke in Connecticut. Luke, you're on Stump Rothenberg. All right, Dave. Simple barroom okay. question. How many stitches are on a baseball? Now, you'd think I wouldn't know this, wouldn't you? No, that's the point. One, 108 stitches on a baseball. Come on! Yeah. <laughs> Can you do me a favor? Get that reaction for me. That's that's two and zero, and that's not just two and zero, Ty. That's like rapid two and zero, isn't it? Rapid fire two and zero. That's right. All right, Joe, all Jersey two and City. Are the same. What? No, I said not all two and zeros are the same. That's an impressive two and zero. That is. Uh, Joe in Jersey City. Joey, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey Dave, how are you? Good, Joe. All right, this is sports movie trivia. Okay. Name the All My Children actress who appeared as the wife of Denzel Washington in The Hurricane and also played Samuel L. Jackson's wife in the basketball movie Coach Carter. And she was on All My Children? She was on All My Children. Well, I'm not going to know it from that. What was that? I'm not going to know it from that. Uh, I remember uh, Vinnie Pastor was in, uh, was in Hurricane. I, I don't think I'm going to know. Um, is she at least a decently known actress? She was known, yeah. She appeared in other things, and she was married to uh, Charles S. Dutton. Oh, right. really? Well, um, Dutton's wife was, uh, oh, I can picture she had the, the, the dimples, like really pronounced dimples. Um What's her name? Uh, see, I wouldn't have known it, but Dutton's wife was, um, oh, God, something Morgan, I believe. Um, I don't remember. Something Morgan. 
you got the last name right. Well, that should count, no? Oh, yeah. yeah. Debbie Morgan. All right. That, I, I, Ty, I see what you're talking about. That's a, that's a brutal question. That That's a terrible question. I mean, no one even knows who Debbie Morgan is. Now, now you're telling me who played Hurricane Carter's wife in that movie? Stop it. Come on. I mean, that's ridiculous. Jake, are you playing today? Of course I'm playing today, Dave. All right. You have me at 3-0, and correct? You are at 3-0, even though I guess we'll give you the last name as a full point. Well, I don't I don't like the question. If you want to just say 2-0 and when we strike that from the record, I'd be fine. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, Dave, it is Stump Rothenberg. So it's my turn? Yeah. All right, sounds good. So I have a baseball question for you today. All right. We watched the Rays earlier this week beat on the Red Sox in game one. So my question for you is Nelson Cruz hit a home run in that game. At 41 years old and 98 days, he is the second oldest player ever to hit a postseason home run. So my question is, who is the oldest player to hit a postseason home run? Julio Franco. You are amazing, my friend. That is correct. Julio Franco hit two home runs at the age of 43 in 2001. He's it. So, so Julio, so 2001, he was 43. So you're telling me that Julio Franco was like 63 years old? I guess so. I looked at his stats yesterday when I pulled up this question, and he played till he was 48. Oh so. yeah, no, he was he was pinch hitting forever. Uh, all right, let's go to Will Long Island. Will, we're still undefeated here. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm great, Will. All right, uh, ready? I'm ready. I've got one, I, and I hope you get it. Uh, name the only actor that's played three good superheroes. Oh, come on. Come I mean, really? What, what, what is that? What, what do you mean to play good? Like, like three guys that are considered he, to be good? There's, there's been other actors that's played mixture of villains and superheroes. But he's the only actor that's played three superheroes. Uh, I don't know. I'll say, I'll say I, I think uh, before, I might get it right, but I will tell you, I think this is a um, a bad question. Um, is it Ryan Reynolds? Ryan it, Reynolds hang on, hang on, I'm thinking. I'm, okay. it, that, that's the answer or no? I'm thinking. No, it's not. Alright, yeah, I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking Ryan Reynolds, I'm thinking Ben Affleck could be the other. Um... Who else? Chris Evans. I don't know if he's played three. Uh, you know, I, I I still don't love it by any stretch. I guess it could be a, a male also, right? Uh, I mean, a female. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to go with Ben Affleck because I, I know he played Daredevil. And I think he was, he was definitely Batman. And I think he... He had like a, a bit part as Superman as well. So I, I'm going to say um, Ben Affleck. Man, uh, Dave, you are the man. Wow. I didn't feel good about that one. And we got it right. I mean, Ty, do you see what's happening right before your eyes? What's this happening? is uh, brilliance. You, you are witnessing one of the great performances you've ever seen. <laughs> I am. This is you, like, you really are. This is like Nathan Avaldi-esque. Yeah, it really is. That, and that was... Brought on by you, not by me. Let's go to um, how's JP in Orlando? Is he good? Well, if he's there, he might, okay. You know. So you, you've screened him well, JP <laughs> Orlando. You're on Stump Rothenberg. 
Hey, what's going on there? What's up, JP? Um, we all know Kobe Bryant is the all-time leading Laker scorer. Yeah. Who is number two? So that's obviously that we're solely in a Lakers uniform. Um, so who could it right. be? It could be Kareem, but I don't think it is. It's not Magic because he wasn't as big of a scorer. It could be Jerry West. Who else could it be? I don't think it's Shaq. He wasn't that worthy. I think I'm between Jerry West and Kareem. Hmm. I'm going to say Jerry West because Kareem seems too obvious, and that'll be my final answer. You are correct. Oh! Look at that, Ty. Ty, th- I mean, That's this is really remarkable this what's happening here I, I actually, it's so funny how, you know, I like we, th- we are sometimes. I actually went with Kareem. But I th- obviously, you know, he started his career in Milwaukee. Of course. So you got to account for that. But great job, man. Thank you. Uh, all right, let's go one more, and then we'll break. Um, I don't think I'll get this just because it's music, and I don't know a ton about music. But Parker in Brooklyn, let's see what you got. Uh, hi. Um, very few music artists have had top 40 hits in the last four decades, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. There's U2. Kenny G, Madonna, Michael Jackson, and who else? Bruce Springsteen. Top 40 hits the last four decades. Bruce Springsteen. Final? I think so. Who did you say? Is that your final answer? I know. Who who did you give me? Oh, okay. The band, U2. Right. Kenny G. Madonna and Michael Jackson. Now, this is going to be a weird thing to say. It's either going to be. Are these albums or single songs? Singles. I'm thinking Mariah Carey. But I don't think she's four. It can't be four decades. I'm thinking Weird Al Yankovic, and I'm thinking Bruce Springsteen. So I'm going to eliminate Mariah Carey because she there's no way she was. So so we're in the, what the 20s now. So you'd have to go to the 20s, the teens, the 2000s, and the 90s. So it's 90s, aughts, I 80s, guess. 80s, 90s. Oh, it's 80s, 90s. 90s. Yeah. All right. So you're not including this current decade. Well, which just started now. Oh, well, you're not. So, but you're not including this current decade. All right. So. You gave me Madonna, right? Right. Ty, I'm down between Weird Al and Bruce Springsteen. I don't. Is Mariah Carey there? All right. I I think I'm gonna guess. Because it seems so off the beaten path. If it, it, I feel confident it's one of these three. I'm going to guess Weird Al Yankovic. Final. Final. That's actually right. Yes! Yes! Ty! That's amazing, man. Ty! <laughs> that's, a, that's incredible. Ty! 
You're not even a big music guy. No. And, but that wasn't an awful question. Like, if you asked me something really deep in the woods, I, I wouldn't have gotten it. But, oh, oh, my God. All right, let's break. I, I got a towel off here. I am <laughs> I am on fire. We, uh, there's nothing to play with the second round. There's there's no second round uh, uh, possibilities we here. We should just pull you here. End the segment. You finish 7-0. and We can go into next week feeling pretty good. It can well, only we have go, to go rapid fire. It can only, you know, go downhill from here, no? Oh, I mean, I, uh, I we should have a parade for me. All right, we sit here, I believe, what are we, Jake, 6-0, and 7-0? Where are we at? You are 7-0. and 7-0. and And we'll take a couple more regular questions, then we'll go to the college, and we'll see if we can finish off undefeated. Let's go to Chris and Beth Page. He's always a worthy competitor. Chris, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, indeed. I love this segment, and I'm in love with this segment. So, <laughs> as you know. Thank you for breaking it down so accurately. Okay, and Dave, just a quick aside. Uh... The Many Saints, the Soprano movie, is uh, named after, that means Moltisante in Italian. Yeah, we we, uh, we got that analysis last week from Jake. It was something he brought to the table. So thank okay, you for, for that. All right, That's okay. out, Dave, Super yeah. Bowl MVP, Super yeah. Bowl MVPs. All right, who, and it's a quarterback. Three quarterbacks were drafted 199 or higher that have won Super Bowl MVPs. One of them, of course, is Tom Brady, drafted yep. 199. The other was undrafted, Kurt Warner. Who else is in there? Um, I think Nick Foles, right? Let me let me think this through. So Breeze was Super Bowl MVP, early second round. You give me Brady and Warner. Elway was MVP, but obviously he was one. Young was MVP, he was one. Mark Rippon was MVP. Staubach went one. I think it's got to be Nick Foles. But no, maybe he was... When was he drafted now? He was in the third round, so no, he can't be. And now I'm flummoxed. Plunkett was a top pick. Len Dawson? Who was Len Dawson taken? Len Dawson is the only other one I can think of. But I think I'm confident he was a first round pick too. Bradshaw went one. Bart Starr? I mean now I'm all the way back to the to the very beginning. I mean am, am I gonna have to go and just go through every Super Bowl MVP? But Bart Starr was might have been when they had that crazy draft and it went forever. All right, so who could? All right, so so it's not Bradshaw. We know it's not Mark Rippon. It's not Eli. It's not Peyton. You gave me Brady. It's not Foles. It's not Mahomes. It's not Elway. It's not Doug Williams. Phil Simms was a first round pick. Montana was was a uh, second or third round pick. Plunkett was a top pick. Bradshaw. Staubach. Dawson, I think, was a first round pick. Namath. I think it has to be Bart Starr. I'm going to go with Bart Starr, final answer. Great job, Dave. Bart Starr. Nice. 
I mean, the analysis there, too. You are on one today, my friend. I mean, this is... I told you this was a good show today. That uh, Spectrum Wi-Fi doing you, doing you well this you, morning. You know what? Why? I'm just kidding. Why? No, Relax. no, really. Why? Relax. It's well, no. A joke. No, 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 no. Why? It's a joke. I got to poke fun. You know, I got to... I got to... I have an obligation to that other 50% or that the 50% of the population who finds that appreciates you, not the 50 that can't absolutely can't stand you. All right. Uh, are we going to the college portion? Let's do it. All right, let's go. Where do we go? Let's go to uh, Mike in Brooklyn. Mike, you're on uh, the college portion now of Stump Rothenberg. How are you doing? Jeremy Grant. Where did Jeremy Grant go to school? No, I, I believe even, uh, even my good friend Ty would know this one. Ty, you want to answer this one for me? <laughs> Go ahead. You know it, man. Uh, Syracuse. He did. That's yeah. correct. No, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Dante. We go across the country. We go to Los Angeles. Dante in L.A. You're on Stump Rothenberg. It's Jonathan, Dave. I don't, what did he say? It's Jonathan. It's Jonathan. But anyways, uh, oh. my question was uh, Elgin Campbell. A Clemson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so to, so you hear that? You hear just the pain in his voice, don't He's you? He's demoralized. Uh, uh, you see what I'm doing? I'm, I, I literally, you saw it. I just ripped the heart out of that guy. Yeah, it's like MJ hitting a game-winning shot. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, All right, where are we now, by the way? Uh, we're 10 and 0. I think we might be, we're 10 or 11? 10? No, it's 10. Okay. 10 and 0. Are you, you going to give me the rapid fire five? I've got rapid fire. Blazing five. All right. Uh, I think this is pretty easy. I'm just running out of players. Uh, Chris Duhon. Uh, Duke. Okay. Pistol Pete Maravich. LSU. Okay. Danny Green. Danny Green from Long Island. Went to the University of North Carolina. Oh. I think that's a school to root for. Uh, Sean Marion. Top UNLV. One. UNLV. Where did he go before we went to UNLV? Is this count on my record? No, it doesn't. He went to a junior college. He did. In Indiana. Oh, Vincennes? Yes, he did. Okay. Good you, Lord, man. you're good. Good Lord, you're good. All right, finally, uh, Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook, I believe, is also a... Uh, a dookie. Quinn Cook is yeah, he's Duke, right? Yeah. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. Are you sure? Yeah. Fifteen and oh. Dave Rothenberg. Wow. Oh. Can we retire the segment? <laughs> no, no, I I mean it sincerely. Like can we can that be it? We can go on high. You think I cheat. Half the people think I cheat anyway. I just went fifteen and oh. Can we just put a stop to this thing? No, I, what's what's the fun of that? People like really enjoy the segment. Yeah, no, I know. It's but sweeping the, the, the nation. Stress it, stress it causes you the genius that I just brought to the table. It's not going to get better than that. So, I, th I think we, I think so, we call it now. So much so that like, um, as you were bringing your morning show to the to the table here at the station, RJ and I are in studio together. He's he's like, I love the Saturday show, Stump Rothenberg. That has to come make its way during the week. And it does. And it and does. It's wildly so, popular so during the week as well. Of course we're not going to retire it. Of course not. No, right. We won't retire 15 it. And 0, 15 and 0. 15 and 0. Andrew M. Cohen would be proud. Well, speaking of Andrew M. Cohen, he's, he sponsors Stump Rothenberg, right? The law offices of Andrew M. Cohen, they sponsor that really phenomenal segment. Um, they are the 15 and 0 edition of law firms. 
They provide high-quality, timely, and personalized legal services at a very affordable rate. Start the process today and call 516-877-0595 or visit them at amcohenlaw.com. That's amcohenlaw.com. Can you just take a minute here? Like, sit down, take a breath, look up, and, and, and remember where you are when I went 15-0. and 0. A tie fifteen and zero. That's unprecedented. I mean that that really is is one of the great performances you'll ever see. Like Don Larson, <laughs> Phil Sims, and that feels like they'd be like right there, lumped together. Yeah, Brady down twenty eight to three. That's one of those also. LeBron yeah, in the twenty sixteen finals, games five through seven. I mean, yeah, you're I up there with the all time fifteen and zero. Fifteen and zero. All right. <laughs> You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. It's time for a frenzy. <laughs> a football frenzy. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. A football frenzy. Any team, any player, any question. Well, you ready to roll with your second ever football frenzy? Yes. You remember the rules, right? People can't say, hey, guys, how are you? RJ, I love you. They have to get right into their question, which is beautiful. Yes. And then we go rapid fire with the answers. Are you ready to go? Yes. 1-800-919-3776. Can you say anything beyond yes? What do you think of the succinctness of my yeses? I'm I'm wowed and I'm impressed with the way you say yes. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go. R.J. Long Island, lead us off, R.J. Is Aaron Rodgers more or less likely to come back next year if the Packers win a Super Bowl? I, I think he's done regardless, but I'd say he's more likely to come back if they do win a Super Bowl this season. What do you think? You can imagine them him winning a Super Bowl and leaving. No, I think he's – yeah, yes. I think that he is a different kind of guy, and nothing would surprise me with Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely, I could. I think he'd be favored to come back for sure if they win a Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, listen, I think that – but to answer the question, he's much more likely to return there if he wins a Super Bowl than if not, correct? I, I agree, but you're the yep. one that said he's gone either way. That's what surprised me. I think he's gone either way. I really do. But And I don't think we'll ever find out because I don't expect him to win the Super Bowl this year. Nora in the Bronx. Nora, you're on the frenzy. Will Big Bang get benched at all this year? Will who get benched? Big Ben. Uh, Big Ben. Oh no, I don't. I don't think so. They made it pretty obvious the other day that they're not going to bench. It's your team. You agree with that? He's not going to get benched this year. I don't think he gets benched. But what ends up happening is, and I'll predict it right now, somewhere after game ten, before game sixteen, he gets sat because of an injury that he wouldn't get sat for if he if they were playing well. And then come last game, he'll, they'll bring him back for one last game. It's just kind of a, a goodbye, right? A victory tour of what yep. he's done there in Pittsburgh. Uh, let's go to Kevin in Jersey. Kevin, you're on the frenzy. Go ahead. Hey, um, is Calvin is Alvin Kamara the biggest bust for running backs this season? Football fantasy? Um, no, I would I wouldn't say. Uh, listen, outside of last week, Saquon Barkley has been a tremendous bust. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you yet that uh, RJ that, that that Alvin Kamara has been a tremendous bust. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, I'm not a fantasy expert, but there's usage and efficiency. And to me, with Winston, you had to have questions about the usage because he's just 
you know, been erratic historically. Let's go to Georgia Northport. Georgia, you're on the frenzy, my friend. Well, Zach Wilson put on a better performance this week than he did against Tennessee. A better performance? No, I, I don't. Uh, I would say no. I thought he had a good game against Tennessee. So to say he's going to have a no. better performance than that, I'd say it's unlikely. Well, there's two ways to look at that, Dave. One could be how's his performance been to date, and is it going to get better from here, or versus last week. Versus last week, I agree with you. It was a quantum leap for him. Now, will it be? That's an interesting question, though. Take his average on the season versus this week. Do you got over or under this week? His average, oh, that's a good. Yeah, that's what I do. Average on the season, I'd say under what he gave you last week. Is that fair? Ooh. Oh, no, no, no. I agree that what he gave you last week is, was better than anything else. I'm saying if you blend the whole season up till now. Yeah, I say he's going to go under. Okay. Ah, that's interesting. I'd say over. All right. Let's go to Victor in Glendale. He was so bad in week one, two, and three. No, he was very bad. Uh, Victor in Glendale, you're on the frenzy, Victor. Who has a better chance of hitting the money line, Giants or the Browns? Well, the Browns. Come on, the the Browns are two. I mean, come on, it's a silly question. Statistically, you're an analytics guy. The Browns are two-point underdogs or favorites. The Giants are seven-point underdogs. How could you say that the Giants have a better chance of hitting the money line? No, no, no. I, well, again, there's another. I mean, you seem to like to condescend and be really uh, judgmental with the audience. I always tend to think of the optimism of maybe he meant where was there more value, right? right so On the then, money then you line. know what? You be Captain Optimism, and you you answer it that way. I, that's how I live my life, Dave. I, if I have to apologize, I will. All right, go ahead. So, where where is there more value then, RJ? That's a stupid way. You're, I'm going to do it your way. Never mind. Stupid question. What's wrong with you? Why can't you be as smart as me? Well, you know, that's much more accurate. I think that's a much better job well, by you. Let's go to... Let me uh, ask you a question. How, how good is Daniel Jones? Because he, he's really playing well. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't have the answer for that. I'm, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. He looks much, much better at the moment, doesn't he? I mean, I think, and I'm going by memory, his PFF grade is the second highest of any quarterback this year across the season. Are you sold? Uh, I was pretty optimistic coming in, to be honest with you. I just think that the O-line, I don't understand why you get a bunch. I mean, the O-line's playing better than you, you know, expected, but it was supposed to be one of the worst O-lines. How do you how do you judge a quarterback if you don't give him a decent O-line? It's amazing, isn't it? And that way, you know what the amazing thing is, is that Gettleman said that's the one thing. Like when he took the job four years ago, don't worry. It's the one thing that we're going to absolutely fix, and they haven't. Let's go a couple more, and then we'll break and come back and get back to the games. Allen in Jersey. Have at it, Allen. You're on the frenzy. Morning. Uh, is Saquon Barkley back to his uh a physical status that he was prior to the surgery, and are the Giants going to get him more involved with the passing game? They better get him more involved with the passing game. What do you think? Is is he back physically to where he was pre-surgery? I just wanted to crack you, Dave, um, because you've been so critical of others. The Browns are a two-point underdog in that game, not favored against really? the Chargers. Yes. I saw favored yesterday, but okay. Yeah, they they were never favored. So right. again, listen, I I won't judge you though. I'll just correct you. All right, but but still, and I appreciate the way you just you just sway from the answer of the, the what the person asked you. <laughs> but all that being true, would you think that 
the Browns have a better chance to pull the upset or the Giants? Let me see. The two-point dog or the seven-point dog? Yeah. Mm, I think the mm-hmm. two-point dog. Yeah, what a uh-huh. surprise. All right, is Barkley, Barkley. back to healthy? Uh, here's what I would say. is it, I'm not sure it matters because the question is how fragile is he from here? So obviously there's a trend line to get back from an injury. Now is he 100% back? Will he ever be? We can question that. But if, if he plays like he did last week, everyone's happy. The question is what caused that versus what causes the drop-offs. And I'm not sure if it's injuries or if there's some other reason. I mean, remember, against the Steelers in week one, I think it was week one last year, I mean, he looked like he was a replacement-level back. So I, I'm just not sure. I think in hindsight that's a pick that almost everyone regrets. Um, yeah, but they would never admit it. Emmanuel and Flushing. Emmanuel, finish us off strong. You're on the frenzy. Uh, okay. Um, would John Wooding keep his job despite the comments that he made about Demolish Smith years ago? Yeah, you know what? It's a, it's a good point. Uh, I think he will because the owner's in love with him, but I think that John Gruden looks horrendous and there's egg all over his face. Well, how big of a story is that in Vegas right now? It's funny because it was just as we were, you know, our Friday show is a pure preview, right? We, we kind of dance between a normal talk show and a Vegas show, but on Fridays it's a pure preview. And I actually had uh, one, I think, really, uh, I don't want to say insightful, but I think a noteworthy uh, take here, which is they use the word trope right, which is a term you'll hear sometimes in, like, TV and stuff where, oh, there's this kind of cliched way, you know, on Three's Company, a trope was there was a miscommunication, there was confusion, and Mr. Roper thought this, but really it was that. That's a trope, right? And by them explaining what he said as a, you know, racist trope, it really was the lead, and everyone used that phrase, which means it came from you know the original reporting. That was a very, let's be honest, most people don't know, know what that word is. And thus, it really saved him a little bit from saying racist comments, right? If you say John Gruden's racist comments on one hand versus John Gruden participated in a racist trope, which one sounds worse to you, right? The first one. Yeah. So to me, this was a sign the league had his back. They had to distance themselves from the comment, but they really did it in a way that shows you how words can really make words that are synonymous, uh, that are very similar, can all often get different impressions. And I think the league was really behind and back in Gruden with the way they uh, they put the, put out the story. Yeah, and they've tried to, to squash this as best they can, but it's a, it's really a gross story. Uh, all right, and that ends another frenzy. Well, this one dead. RJ, I, I, gotta th- I think you're very good. You're very good uh, on the know, frenzy. Not, I, I might have a future in this business, Dave. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.